I chose William Peace because of the personalized education it offers, which allows students to truly know their professors. It's really possible to make genuine connections with your professors and learn intentionally here and dive deep into what you're passionate about. A 12 to 1 student to faculty ratio is just one of the many reasons students choose William Peace University. Extra attention starts day one for career planning with their Career Services Center. Find out all they have to offer at peace.edu. That's something the Kings penalty killers can take advantage of. Barkoff uses that big frame to slide the puck into the Kings end. Montour can't get the puck. It's knocked away by Natchez. Natchez and Ajo, two on O. Back to Natchez and Ajo. They score! Short-handed! Oh, that is just brilliant by Natchez and Ajo. But Brodsky didn't know which way was up, and the puck's in the net, and the Kings go up. Tom, the Machu Picchu and Everest of highlight reel. Rolling puck, and how many times... Who's going to pack one, two, three, four? It's, oh my gosh. This is the Canes Corner Podcast with host Adam Gold, part of the Capital Broadcasting Podcast Network. Now here's the host of the Canes Corner Podcast, Adam Gold. Welcome to the Canes Corner Podcast. I am Adam Gold, and we are doing playoff shorts here, and we have a special guest coming up to talk about the North Division Jeff O'Neill, former Hurricanes star, part of the 2002 team that made it to the Stanley Cup Finals in a loss to Detroit. Remember in that playoff ser- uh, playoff run, uh, O'Neill took a puck to the eye. I think it was in Game 3 in Toronto. Uh, came back to play. He was uh, had that huge shiner on his face. So uh, O'Neill, a 40-goal scorer with the Hurricanes, finished his career in Toronto, does sports radio in Toronto. So we'll talk about... Uh, the North, and we'll get his take on the rest of it as well. Uh, remember, at the time of this, the North isn't quite quite done. We know the matchups, though, and that's important. The North still has some games to play. In fact, actually, one game to play as the time as I'm recording this. Uh, they've got one more game on Saturday. There'll be a the final game of the West regular of the North regular season. Uh, will happen in during the afternoon before Boston and Washington starts the playoffs in the East Division. Anyway, so Montreal and Toronto will open up together, and everybody is looking forward to that, uh, just because it's Montreal and Toronto. Uh, Toronto has had their way with basically everybody in the North, and Montreal is no different. Toronto went 7-2-1 and against the Canadiens. Uh, Canadiens did win three games, one of those in overtime, and Montreal's banged up. Just don't know who's going to be available. Uh, Carey Price has been hurt for a bunch of time this year. Shea Weber, Philip Deneau, Brendan Gallagher is out. That's a huge loss for Montreal. For Toronto, a little bit banged up. Still don't know the status of Zach Hyman, who's a really good player for them. Uh, and gives them an element that they need in their top, really their top six. Hyman is just a rugged, feisty, pesty player. Uh, And uh, if you're Toronto, you need him uh, to go far in the playoffs. And he was injured uh, in really a... uh, uh, a knee-to-knee collision that looked a little dirty earlier in the season. The other series is Winnipeg and Edmonton. Uh, the Jets have been incredibly banged up. Uh, they hope to get Nikolai Ehlers back uh, for the playoffs. That was the plan. Brian Little is out, another key player for them. Edmonton, uh, they've got some bumps and bruises, but ultimately, uh, if Connor McDavid and Leon Dreisaitl are okay, uh, they're in good shape. 
uh, seven and two every game in regulation against Winnipeg this year. Seven, seven, two, and zero oh on the season. They were plus twelve in the games against the Jets. Uh, I don't anticipate that uh, will go f- much different, except for the fact that Winnipeg and Connor Hellebuck, they have one of the elite goalies in the game. So could it happen? Could Winnipeg wake up with Shifley and uh, Wheeler and company? Yeah, they could. They could. I don't think they're good enough on the back end, though, to stop Edmonton. Uh, but I would love for that to be a series. But, of course, I would also love to see an Edmonton-Toronto uh, North Division semifinal, which would be absolutely amazing. Uh, all right, I, I, what we're going to do also is talk about the Canes in each one of these podcasts just briefly. Uh, Carolina finished the season banged up on the blue line. Jacob Slavin left the second to last game early on after the first period. Didn't play in the finale, which was not a surprise. Brett Pesci also didn't play in the finale. Uh, But the concern was that Slavin has not really practiced uh, leading into uh, the playoffs. He missed practices on Thursday and Friday. Pesci sat out practice on Friday. I talked to Brett Pesci about it. Pesci's fine. Pesci will play. Um, and he seemed to think that Jacob Slavin is fine. But until we see Slavin practicing, I think there's reason for concern. Uh, and here is my other reason for concern. I think Carolina's top three are as good as any top three in the entire sport. Uh, Slavin, Hamilton, Pesci are as good as there is in the game. Um, Brady Shea is a good number four. And playing with Pesci, you're going to look even better. Uh Shea also had a little bit of an injury issue when he had the concussion in the game at Florida, uh, and I don't think has looked quite as good as he was playing before then. So uh, that is something that we have to monitor and look for. Um, Let's just assume that Slavin is back. That top four, okay. Now we get to the real problem, and it's going to be more of a problem on the road than it is at home when you have last change. Uh, Jake Bean and Yanni Hockenpah. Yanni Hockenpah is okay. It's for me, okay. I don't think he skates particularly well. Um, he's physical, but I don't think we see that physicality a ton. Like, he's 6'5", he's 215 pounds or whatever he is, but I just don't think he plays a rugged game for somebody who has so many hits. And uh, and Jake Bean, to me, is the sixth defenseman by default. Because I think if Jake Gardner could skate, I think Jake Gardner would probably have that spot. Uh, Bean, who played really, really well uh, in, in probably his first 10 or 12 games, really has not been that kind of player. The one thing that Jake Bean can do is he can skate. He's a really good skater. He, uh, he can use his stick really well to get out of trouble. Uh, but ultimately, he gets bodied off the puck routinely. Um, he still doesn't play as well away from the puck as he needs to, uh, and he has not demonstrated that he can play in a top-four role, and they may be looking at him as a top-four defenseman uh, in, the, uh, in the near future. Look, if, if Seattle takes Brady Shea in the expansion draft, which is a possibility then the Hurricanes are left with Jake Bean as a, in a top-four role if they don't make a deal. So, look, um, the Hurricanes' blue line, top-four, fine. 
Uh, as Again, probably as good as anybody's. After that, a liability. On the road, even more so, because as soon as Bean and Hockenpah go over the boards, you know that, you know, w- whether it's Nashville, they're going to throw out their top line. Heck, you go to Florida uh, or Tampa, and you know the Barkoff line is coming over the boards. You know, and I saw t- uh, Tampa's uh, practice lines with Braden Point centering Andre Palat and Nikita Kucherov. They're coming over the boards as soon as Bean and Hockenpah are on the ice. 100%. So it's going to be tough for Carolina. I don't think you'll see a lot of fourth line out there with the third pair uh, very often if Rod Brindamore can help it. Uh, all right, with that said, we'll take a short break. We'll come back, uh, and then we'll get to Jeff O'Neill. Remember, you can follow the Canes Corner Podcast wherever you get your podcast. Rate us, review us, let us know what you think. Uh, and we are doing playoff shorts for every playoff division. And all, all four divisions will have playoffs, right? Uh, so we're concentrating here on the North. We'll come back with Jeff O'Neill on the other side. Welcome back to the Canes Corner Podcast. I'm Adam Gold. Again, we're brought to you by the Aluminum Company of North Carolina. Uh, and we invite you to follow us wherever you get your podcast. Uh, give us a rating. Give us a review. Let us know what you think. Jeff O'Neill. Played with the Carolina Hurricanes. He was he came here from Hartford. He was drafted when the team was in Hartford. Played in the Stanley Cup Finals in 2002. Finished his career in Toronto. Uh, and now does sports radio up there and covers the Leafs. Uh, so our conversation, which we had earlier in the week, uh, really deals with, at the beginning, how you tell. How do you tell how good teams are? No crossover games. So how do we know if the Leafs are truly one of the elite teams? Because I think a lot of people think the North is just kind of depressed this year in terms of how good they are. They were banged up. Montreal and Winnipeg each banged up. So how do we know if the Leafs are truly great or just the best team in their neighborhood? Yeah, well, that's the big question going into the playoffs, Adam, where um, when you get to the, the third round, I think there's going to be a rude awakening one way or the other for teams because they haven't seen, because when you're going up against each other, I mean, Toronto's got the best record in the North division, but other than Edmonton kind of having McDavid and Dreisaitl, nobody's really playing that well in the North right now. So how much can be said about the Maple Leafs having the best record? They are a good team. They do have some great players, but who knows how that stacks up with, other teams in the league because you just haven't got a judgment. You haven't got uh, the measuring stick game where you say, okay, here's Carolina, here's how we play against them, here's mm-hmm. how it's gone. So I think the the, the, the semifinals are going to be quick series because one team's going to be that much better than the other, and we'll see who, see who has it done. How different is Toronto? Look, we know Austin Matthews has had a monster year, and Mitch Marner's yeah. doing his thing, and they did – Everything they could to tra- to ch- kind of change the makeup, uh, you know, add more grit to the lineup. But how yeah. much different are they this year than they have been in the past? Well, the critical areas that I found, which are so important, are just that area you mentioned, just kind of some sandpaper. And the other area is keeping the puck out of their net and paying attention to defense. It seemed like a run-and-gun style in years past. And it's great and everything. It's entertaining, and guys get their their stats and their cookies, and that's all fine and dandy. 
But at the end of the day, it's not really designed to have team success in the playoffs. So that's the major two areas, especially keeping the puck out of the net and helping out their goaltenders has been a major difference this year. So what? It, who is ultimately going to be the guy? I mean, uh, Anderson's had health issues mm. all year. Campbell was great for a while. They tried David Riddick. I mean, who's who's it going to be? Well, it might be a situation where Pittsburgh used kind of Flurry and Matt Murray and Chicago a few years back used Scott Darling and, and Corey Crawford. So I think Campbell's ultimately going to be the guy that gets the start, but who knows if things go... And there's not a lot of room for things to go sideways for goaltending because if your goaltending costs you a couple games, that might be the end of a series. So uh, Freddie Anderson might get the opportunity, but Jack Campbell might might just run with it himself. Jeff O'Neill is joining us as we're kind of taking a look at the North Division. The first, the first team in the way is going to be Montreal. They've been kind of a mess. Cole Caulfield, mess. yeah, <laughs> Cole Caulfield has been uh, good. Since his, uh, you know, entering the lineup out of the University of Wisconsin, uh, but are th- are they really a threat? I mean, t- you guys, no. t- Toronto has just mashed them all year. Right, as of right now, what I've seen them doing, and it's just an honest take on what they're they're all about. They're not a threat unless Carey Price gets in that net and he becomes Carey Price of old, which I would guess would be a long shot at this particular point. They just don't have enough guys that contribute offensively. They have to work so hard to score goals, and it's either Toffoli or Anderson or now Caulfield. No one else is really a threat, and Shea Weber's not a kid anymore, and Carey Price is injured, and God knows what he's going to bring to the table. But I'll tell you what, who the hell knows what happens when the playoffs start because things change, and all of a sudden teams are a threat, and the regular season's just over, and the playoffs are a new animal. So we'll see how it plays plays out for Montreal, but as of right now, they're not a threat to anybody. Edmonton. Connor McDavid has had just... That's a threat. <laughs> but but Toronto hasn't had much trouble with Edmonton. Well, they went in there in the middle of the season, and they beat them pretty handily without Austin Matthews, and they played well. They didn't, they didn't give them anything. So I think they're, if they, they end up getting to Edmonton, that'll be the blueprint and the video to watch. Uh, because that was the best team game they played in years since I've been covering the team. So the bottom line is McDavid and Dreisaitl, I'm almost convinced. I don't know how you could anything else. They're going to win a Stanley Cup sooner or later. Would it be this year? I would have my doubts, but you never know, man, because those two are just better than everybody else. And sometimes <laughs> when you have the best players and they decide they're going to win, they're going to win. So the it's like every team's got their own little threat, right? And the the, the threat of McDavid Drysital catching fire in a playoff heater is a pretty dangerous thing. How would we even tell if Connor McDavid caught fire? He's got more no than a hundred points. <laughs> yeah, he's just never not on fire. So he just has to keep doing what he's doing. How, how do we put this in perspective? Uh, look, I am not in any way trying to take away from the season a hundred some odd points. Uh, in 55 games, I think they've got one game left and maybe two games left. It's just, I mean, you can't even, I mean, it's it's Wayne Gretzky, it's Mario Lemieux, uh, and we're really done with the conversation about how great this this season has been from an offensive standpoint. But the people who want to take shots at it are saying, well, they're playing the same teams all the time. We don't have so as what? much. Tra- every division, every division has weak teams. It's just, that's the way it is. Right. 
you still got to go out there and put the puck in the net and make plays with everybody on the ice focused on you, ultra focused on you. So that 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 excuse, it's like it's just human nature for people to just try to find the negative angle and totally be a jerk about it. It's like just just let it be great. It's okay if it's great. Let us have nice things in the world, and Connor <laughs> McDavid's one of them. Yeah, like especially this year. Like we spent all this time talking about, especially last week talking about what's going on with the Rangers and the Capitals and Tom Wilson. And meanwhile, uh, Connor McDavid is assaulting the NHL record books. Uh, That should have been the conversation, but we were talking about Tom Wilson. And uh, frankly, I don't even care what anybody says uh, about Tom Wilson because that story is over. If the NHL was really put off by it, and I think they proved that they weren't, they would have done something to stop Tom Wilson. It's clear that they're not interested, and that's uh, and that's okay. Were Winnipeg healthy? Would Winnipeg have been a true contender to Toronto in the North? They they still can be Adam, but they got to get healthy and they need to get their game together. They've been miserable. There was a couple incidents a few weeks back: um, Mark Shifley being benched and their goaltender being pulled. And I don't know if that kind of pissed them off to a level where it trickled trickled through the locker room. But ever since those incidents, they've been playing like garbage. So it's one thing to kind of slump before the playoffs, and sometimes that's healthy because you can crank it back up again and be dialed in for the playoffs. But they're at a point where it's right on the fence of they'll just be around for four more games because someone's going to kick their rear ends because they've been that bad. So they really need to do some soul searching and figure out what's going on. Well, I think it's been since 2004 since Toronto has won a Stanley Cup playoff series. Uh, uh. So <laughs> that'll be uh, that'll be interesting because I'm pretty sure it will happen. Montreal doesn't seem to have anything for them. Um, so what will Toronto-Edmonton be like in terms of interest in Canada, in terms of uh, television ratings and things like that? Well, it would be massive. It would be nice if our government didn't have their heads up their asses and we didn't have, we weren't allowed to leave our houses and people were actually allowed to go to the games. Um, other than that, it should be fun stuff and everybody will be tuned in. Pretty simple. It's a great, like Gretzky versus Lemieux. It's you know, it's it's the two best players in the country, and they'll be going head-to-head, so everyone's going to be pretty damn interested in it. Yeah, it's interesting. I listen to so much uh, NHL radio on Sirius, and uh, I'm I'm amazed. Like, you're not even allowed outside to play golf? Nothing. Nothing, man. It's a joke. It's a complete disaster. And we took our shots at the United States for Trump being in in. in running the ship, and now it's just flipped, and we're, we're now the butt of everyone's jokes politically. Well, I hope you guys uh, get outside. So let me ask you two more questions before I let Jeff O'Neill go. Uh, the first is, is Toronto going to escape the North Division? Yes. Okay. That was an easy one. I thought that would be an easy one. Uh, and who do you think are the best two or three teams outside of the North? Uh, I'll give you four teams. Okay. Pittsburgh could be scary because Sidney Crosby, nobody gave them any credit this year, but they went off and ripped off a bunch of wins. And when Sidney got Sid and Malkin on a team, you could never just disregard that or count it out. Mm-hmm. Uh, Colorado, Vegas, 
Um, damn good. They win every night. They're dynamic. <laughs> they win. They got goaltending. And the other team is the Carolina Hurricanes. They're just, I think as far as playing a team game, they played as well as anyone. It's the best coach team in the league. They got the coach of the year behind the bench. Um, and the, the, the one other one you can throw in there is you can never disregard or discount the the, the current cup champs, which is Tampa Bay. I mean, there's there's seven or eight really good teams that are going to be end up being the final one standing. So we'll see what happens. It's going to be really exciting because I can't play golf. I mean, looking forward to watching it. <laughs> uh, would you come out of retirement to play for Rod Brindamore? I don't think he would have me. That would be the problem. <laughs> oh man, uh, I'm. Uh, I appreciate hearing you say that about Rod, though. Um, he has done an amazing job. The culture of this team is dramatically different from what it yeah. was, uh, you know, five years ago. Dramatically yeah. different. This year, he's the best coach in the league, so I better win Coach of the Year. And I'm disappointed that he didn't sign for five million dollars a year because that's what he deserves. I'm with you. I, I, I haven't even seen him uh, seen a story where he has signed yet. Uh, did you see a story I didn't? Well, I just heard it's in the works for for not five million, so we'll just leave it at that. Yeah, it's not going to be five million. I think we all understand yeah. that. Um, Rod does. Rod's resigned himself to that uh, already. Jeff, I appreciate your time, man. Enjoy the playoffs. Uh, hopefully, Trudeau will let you guys out to play golf soon. Yeah. All right. Thanks, Adam, for having me, bud. My own personal feeling is that the North was the weakest division. I don't think I'm alone in thinking that, but I would be really, really interested to see a Toronto-Edmonton North division final. That could be absolutely mind-blowing for its offensive firepower. Uh, All right. So thank you very much for hanging out on the Canes Corner Podcast. I'm Adam Gold. See you. You've been listening to the Canes Corner Podcast with Adam Gold. Don't forget there are many ways you can listen to this podcast, including streaming at WRALsportsfan.com, the WRAL Sports Fan app. And you can also subscribe for free at Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Pocket Casts, and TuneIn. Thanks again for listening to the Canes Corner Podcast. Are you unhappy with your CPAP provider? Did you know you can easily switch providers right now? I'm Megan Giggling, General Manager of Parkway Sleep Health Centers. We are North Carolina's number one source for CPAP machines and supplies. Contact us today. We ship anywhere in North Carolina. If you're in need of a CPAP machine, supplies, a knowledgeable doctor, or a sleep study, Parkway has you covered. For information or to schedule an appointment, visit parkwaysleep.com. Sound sleep, sound health.